You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. Love Your Neighbor is the title of this devotion. And this is, of course, one of the great commandments that the Lord Jesus shows us is what God's looking for in each and every one of our heart. You see, the Word, when we are born again, is not just written on tablets of stone like the old Ten Commandments of Moses, which I love and honor and respect and appreciate, but the, the reason why I find them so amazingly wonderful because they're living in my heart by the Spirit of life in Christ. I've been given this heart in Christ that the Word is a life in me which gives me the ability to hear God, which gives me the, because it says faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the Word of God. It's when the Word of God is living in your heart, Romans 10, 17, that you hear God because God speaks direct to your spirit. And you have the Word living in you and you say amen from the heart. You say amen. All God's promises are yes and by us a great amen. We now are partakers of the divine nature by these precious promises living in our heart by the Spirit of life in Christ. And all one of the great commandments of the Lord is to love our neighbor to love our neighbor. And I want to just talk to you a bit about this because I think we need to be reminded in the world what it means to love our neighbor. And especially when it comes to social media, I think it's so important that the way we are on social media shows that we are children of God, but the way that we talk about issues and our opinions about them, it doesn't mean you can't discuss things. In the book of James chapter 3, from starting at verse 18, it talks about having a tender heart and allowing discussion. It's so important that we're able to discuss things, but how we talk about it shows the difference of nature, the difference of character. And Jesus was confronted by hostility, and he didn't run away from it. He behaved wisely. He didn't get involved in subjects that he shouldn't get involved in. He didn't answer every question. He didn't give an opinion about every matter. But he was surrounded by hostility, by the dysfunction of the society of his day that is no less today. Today there's a dysfunction within our society that is not decreasing but seems to be increasing. And yet we see what Jesus did about times like this. He went into the midst of it and he was able to speak in a way that helped people in their dysfunction to find some reason and some rhyme. And here we, we see what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22. Let me just look at it. Let's start at verse 34, okay? When the Pharisees heard that he had silent, silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Sadducees and Pharisees were two groups that had certain emphasis and, and the Sadducees had argued with Jesus about something and the way that he answered it left them no more rebuttal. 
And now the Pharisees came to Jesus, and one of them, a lawyer skilled in debating, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You see, that Pharisee had issues with the Sadducees. And the Sadducees had issues with the Pharisees. And while they had arguments all the time and debates all the time, and there was not much love between them, they would contend not just with each other, but for each other. And here this Pharisee came with that spirit of contention. And Jesus answered the very issue that caused his life to be fueled constantly with more debate. You see, to discuss things, it can be healthy, but to constantly debate and never come to a oneness of heart and mind about issues is not God's way. The Bible says in Romans chapter 15, let me read it to you, Romans 15 here, here it is. He says, now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, it is a work of God's grace to take away the argument. There was this wonderful man really a politician in this country many, many years ago. And I met with him in his office and he was a very influential man. He still is today. And he sat behind his beautiful big desk and I sat on the little chair and he said to me, Pastor Robert, what do you think the church can do for the government? But the way that he asked me was like the debating they do in the comments. Like he's on one side and I'm on the other side. And he is a well-experienced debater. And I understood within that spirit I could not answer him. So I just moved on the conversation and just kept talking about things. And then he would ask me again and I moved on the conversation and kept talking about things. And then he brought it up again and again I moved on the conversation and he stopped me. He said, Pastor Robert, I've now three times asked you this question, but you're not answering me. And I said to him, sir, do you have any children? He said, yes, I do. I said, if one of them was unwell to the degree that you really were heartbroken and concerned about it and nobody could help you, I would assume you would go on your knees and say, God have mercy and heal my child. Why? Because you love your child. I said, we have issues in our countries that, are no, that don't have human answers for it. And we love our country. And this is why we need the church to get on their knees and pray, because if my people were called by my name, will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways and pray, the Lord says, I will heal their land. 
and he was quiet and didn't debate with me. You see, there's room for debate, folks, and I'm not against it, because through the harmonizing of our thoughts, we can come through the counsel of many things are established, it says in Proverbs. But to always debate and never come to a harmony of heart and mind is not God's way either. And here, I, Jesus says, love your neighbor. Go with me to Luke chapter 10 for a moment. I just had to think about this. Because here came such a man as this man. And behold, in verse 25, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall we do to inherit eternal life? And he said, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? And he answered and he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbors yourself. And Jesus said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And that is an interesting thing, folks, and I understand. When you read the story, you can get so caught up in the story that you forget how this may apply to you and me. Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? If I am to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love my neighbor as myself, in other words, the love that I enjoy receiving from the Father and to share with my neighbor, is that what it means? Well, Jesus said in John chapter 15, in verse 9, Jesus said, As the Father loves me, I also love you. Abide in my love. Abide in the Father's love with me. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. And these things I've spoken that, in, that my joy may remain in you and your joy may be full. And this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And you see, that is what the Lord is saying, that you love your neighbors yourself, <coughs> just as you enjoy the love of the Father for you, that you extend that to your neighbor that what you love to receive from God is what you give to them. And this lawyer didn't understand that. You see, we can be so caught up in a religion that we find our refuge in the Lord, which is right and good, but we do not let that become our dwelling place where we live every day with our home, with our family. If I am to say I love the Lord God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, and my neighbor is myself, but I don't share that with Virginia, then I'm not living in it like I think I am. If I don't share it with my children and grandchildren, with the people living right next to me, with the people in the congregation, with you right now. And that is how Jesus showed us to love our neighbor. He says, I love you with the love with which I am loved by the Father. And so Jesus, trying to help that neighbor wake up to the opportunities around him, said to that man, 
a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing and wounded him and, the, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by the other side. A Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed on the other side. Here you have a, a priest and a Levite. A priest ministers on behalf of the people. A Levite serves on behalf of the people. A Levite serves in the house in, in, in all the work that needs to be done as part of the sacrifices and offerings and the people coming to pray in the house of prayer, which is called the house of God. And the Levites and the priests are the ones doing the service. And yet they saw the suffering right next to them and didn't feel compelled to do anything about it. Right? And Jesus is not against Levites and priests by no means. That's not the point of the story. The point of the story is not the Levite and the priest. The point of the story is this lawyer looking for this sense that he has eternal life with God asking the Lord, what must he do to secure that life? And the Lord says, love God and love one another. And thereby you will receive the assurance within yourself that you're living this new life, this eternal life. But Jesus says, a Samaritan despised and rejected by the Jews, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion and he went and bandaged his wounds and pouring oil and wine and sent, uh, set him on his animal and brought him into the inn and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took two denarius and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him or whatever more you spent. When I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And the lawyer said, he who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. You know, when it says, love your neighbor, your neighbor can be ravaged by circumstances and pains and hurts or even failures. Should we stand aloof or be too busy or have no time to show compassion and love? I know I can sometimes allow myself to get so busy that I didn't take the time. And I've had to repent and ask God, forgive me, Lord, that I've allowed myself to be too busy to consider the person right near me who needs your love and compassion. And I really want to get better at it every day by spending time with Jesus, who's so perfect in his love and compassion. You know, the Lord says in Romans 8, 13 verse 8, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another fulfills the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. And if there's any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. You know, it's amazing how sometimes we can be so passionate about certain laws and not express it in the love we have for others and be more religious than godly.
Religion is where you're passionate about a law, but have no expression of the love of God for another. What causes us to show that the law is alive and active in our hearts and minds, by which we live clear and holy before God, is in our love for one another. And I want to encourage you, ask Jesus, Lord, please flood me and fill me with your compassion. Give me your affection and your love for others, Lord. Help me to be sensitive to the needs of others and grant me to extend your love towards them. Grant me never to be a closed up well, but always to be a living well that anybody can drink and find mercy with you. Oh, Father, use me to extend your love to others. Help me to love with your love, Lord. Help me to do it at home every day. Help me to do it anywhere and everywhere I go in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a good day.